You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. notice here in Luke 7 that upon Jesus finishing at one place the scripture reveals to us that he then entered or went to Capernaum And this is very significant as it concerns the events in the text. It's significant primarily because of the meanings of Capernaum. First meaning. A field, a place of repentance. A field, a place of repentance. Repentance is when a person has a change of heart or a change of mind. It's basically when, when uh, you have chosen one thing, but then when you consider what you have chosen, you realize that you shouldn't have chose that, and so you choose something different. You choose from one choice to another choice. That's what we did as Christians. We chose, we chose the life of sin initially, but when we learned better, we changed our mind. And we went from being sinners to saints. Am I right? Capernaum's second and final meaning is a place of comfort, a place of comfort. When you're in a place of comfort, you feel secure. You're at ease. You are not in pain. You're basically in a state of relief. Yeah. It's good to be comfortable, isn't it? And so, Capernaum is very important. A place of repentance and a place of comfort. Now, though a number of people are mentioned in the text, the primary characters of the text are, number one, a centurion. Centurion. Basically, during the time of Jesus, was a captain that was over a hundred soldiers. So the man was a soldier. Other primary character, of course, is Jesus. And you can define Jesus in so many ways. You can define him as a deliverer, right? 
the author and finisher of our faith, Alpha and Omega. But I want you to consider Jesus in reference to John 14 and 6. Remember his disciples were troubled. John 14 and 1 starts off when Jesus was, was telling his disciples, let not your heart be troubled. So, that, so they were troubled. And Jesus went to explain it to them why they shouldn't be troubled. And finally, he told them who he was in the sixth verse. He said, look, I am the way. I'm the truth and the life. You don't need to be troubled. You don't need to be fearful. I'm the way. Whenever you feel like you need direction, talk to me. I'm the truth. Whenever you are concerned about what you should and shouldn't do, I ain't going to lie to you. I am the truth. I'm the way, I'm the truth, and finally, I'm life. Don't let nobody control your life but me. Don't let nobody get in your ear to the point to where you start thinking, talking and doing what they wish you to do. Let me direct your path. Because I'm the one that came that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Man, we need to hang on to who our God is. The way, the truth, and the life. Basically, he's in Control of everything. Even before Jesus revealed that he was the way, truth, and life to his disciples, David in Psalm 24 and 1 understood how powerful the Lord was. When, when he decreed, the earth is the Lord's and his fullness. He understood that when, when it came to this planet, that God was in control. I still believe that. Matter of fact, I don't just believe it, I know it. You have to have in your being that God is in control. That nothing happens unless God permits it to happen. You hear me? You have to understand that. You have to know that God is sovereign. And so that's what he wanted his disciples to know. I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. And see, as free moral ages, we not only have to know it, we have to choose to walk according to the will of God for our lives. How many are understanding? And so the two primary characters in Luke 7 uh, one through ten are in Satyrian and Jesus. The Centurion had a servant, somebody that worked for him that, that he was attached to, very close to. Notice the text talks about the servant being dear to him. But the servant had gotten sick. Wasn't regular. 
he was sick and at the point of death. I said he was sick and at the point of death. Good man, but going through it. How many know good folk go through it? Psalm 34 and 19 says, Many are the affliction of the righteous, but God shall deliver them out of all. Jesus is so concerned about sickness to where the Bible reveals to us that he carried our sorrows, our griefs, and he was wounded, took stripes, and so forth in order that we might be healed, be made well, and so forth. If it's anybody that's concerned with your health, it's Jesus. If it's anybody that's concerned with your mental, physical, and emotional health, it is Jesus. Don't take your eyes off the one that's more concerned about your health than anybody else. See, some, see, some of us, we, we kind of wondering about Jesus because of what's going on. Jesus is concerned about your health. Is it safe to go to God's church? It's God's church. God is concerned about your health. That's the reason John penned in 3 John. Beloved, I wish above all things that you'd prosper and be in health even as your soul does prosper. You have to know even when you're battling in your mind, battling in your body, that the Lord is concerned about you. You have to know that, that the Lord is so concerned about you that he was willing to die for you. Willing to suffer for you. He cares about us. Yeah. And, and, and there are some of us in here, we know he cares. Because he has helped us, he has delivered us time and time again. You ought to put your hand up and just say, he's talking about me. Man, I thought you weren't feeling well. Man, I prayed and God moved on my behalf. He set up the church in order to help folk that go through it in their bodies, in their minds. Made sure he put elders in place. James understood it. That's the reason he told folk that were going through it. If any sick among you, let them call for the elders of the church. Elders, when you get there, don't bring no aspirin. Don't bring no pills. Bring a bottle of oil. Anoint him with oil. Pray the prayer 
of faith. Well, see, people don't believe that God cares. He, he's concerned. That's the reason they are quick to trust certain things more so than they trust God. But it's not the will of God for his children to trust anything or anybody more than him. That's the reason Solomon said in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, in part, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path then told him depart from evil why it's unhealthy it's unhealthy not to trust reading the prophet said cursed is the person that trusts in the arm of flesh for his deliverance see situations and circumstances can make you get off track make you consider other things a priority over God's written and revealed word. It should never be the case. Never be the case. God should always be first when it comes to a child of God. Amen? Amen. Some of y'all still looking at me strange. I'm preaching word. I'm throwing scriptures right and left at you. If you mad, that's demonic. This is right what I'm saying. And so, the centurion was concerned about his servant. And and obviously, when you consider the text, he didn't have nothing in the house that would help his servant. Nothing was in his house. He, he He didn't have in his mind any anybody whether a doctor or somebody else, to call to come and see about his servant when you consider the text. Because the text focuses on the centurion hearing about Jesus. And the centurion, what he heard, now he didn't hear Jesus, he heard about him. He wasn't at no service where he heard Jesus preach or teach. He heard about him. Just like we're doing, we're hearing about him. But what he heard about Jesus calls him To get a knowing in his being. That. That's. Who can make my servant. Well. He just heard this. Not first hand. 
He just heard. Somebody had and got him fired up. Somebody had got him stirred up just like what I'm trying to do right now. I hope you're stirred by now. Because your neighbor say, I'm stirred. If you're not, don't lie in church. But, but I'm just trying to stir up at least three, four, five, three, four, five folk. This is who I need. He can help my servant. My servant is about to die, but this Jesus can help my servant. And so what he did, he, he talked to people that, that knew Jesus. And he said, can, can you tell him to come to my house? So my, her, so my servant can be made well. And so they went to Jesus. And so when they, when they got to Jesus, they, they started telling him why he should come or why he should go to the centurion's house. And heal his servant. And so Jesus was on his way there. He was on his way there. But as Jesus was on his way there, something started happening. Within the centurion that can only be described, biblically speaking, as faith. Faith. See, see one thing faith is, faith, according to 2 Corinthians 5 and 7, faith is the substance. Well, no, no, no. Faith is the antithesis of sight. In 2 Corinthians 5 and 7, Paul said, for we walk by faith and not by sight. And the reason I say that's what was happening with the centurion in that the centurion got, got to fill it in his being. I know they're going to get Jesus. But I don't really need him to come. And, and see, here Jesus is on his way to his house. But the centurion said, I, I don't need him to come. I don't need him to come. All I need him to do is just speak the word. That's all I need him to do is just speak the word. Basically, the centurion was operating in a belief that Jesus talked about in Mark 9 and 23. I got to show you that. Y'all stay with me. 
I'm almost done. But go with me to Mark 9 and 23. I want to read this. This this is what he was operating in. Mark 9 and 23. If you can believe all things are possible to him who believes. This man had got to the point to where he, he was believing so to where I don't really need him to come. I just need a word. I just need a word. On a level to where all he needed was a word. And he didn't even need a first hand word from Jesus. If he just sends somebody he trusts to tell me it's going to happen, that'll be enough for me. Some folk want Jesus to show up at midnight with about 10 signs before they believe. But it's some of us to the point to where all we need to do is hear from God's message. Hear from somebody that's being led by the Holy Spirit. Hear from somebody that know the power of prayer. Know the power of God's word. That's all I need to do. If preacher can just show me that it's according to the word, that's all I need. That's all I need from preacher and I'll start walking Say to somebody, all I need is a word. All I need is a word. Let me show you something else that Jesus said in reference to the text. Or that will bear witness to the text. Go with me to Mark 16. Y'all say with me. Mark 16, verses 15 and 16. Jesus said to them, or his disciples, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Gospel equates good news. Specifically the news, or good news about Jesus Christ. Verse 16. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. But he who does not believe will be condemned. Believing the gospel leads to salvation. Believing the good news of Jesus Christ will deliver you. Deliver? Yeah, believing the gospel of Jesus Christ will deliver, protect, and cause you to prosper. That's what Jesus said right here. He who believes and is baptized shall be what? Saved. Bottom line, believe the gospel and act on it. Salvation going to happen. Believe the gospel. Start thinking, talking, and doing it. Salvation going to happen. 
And see, the centurion, that's where he was. He was to the point to where when he heard the gospel or when he heard about Jesus Christ, he knew the word was able to manifest salvation to his servant. He knew it would happen. That's the reason I, I, I don't need him to come. Just send the word. God, I wish we had more folk at the house or at a place of refuge that were like that. Tell, tell pastor to just pray for him. He ain't got to come by here. Tell him to just send me a word. That, that's the reason if I tell you it's well, don't just, don't just let that word fall to the ground. He said it was well, but he didn't even pray for me. I gave you the word. I gave you what God told me to give you. He wouldn't even talk to me five minutes. He just said it is well. That didn't even take 15 seconds. And so, he was, he, was, he was so serious about the only thing he needed was a word to where he got another person to go and find Jesus and stop him from coming to his house. And told him what to tell Jesus. He's, he's look, he, he, he don't need to come. Will you go and tell him that I said it's no need for him to come? Matter of fact, tell him I'm not even worth for him to enter under my roof. I'm not even worth. Tell him he ain't got to come. Now notice he was a worshiper. He was reverencing God. He, he was doing what God desires his children to do daily. Notice the awesome respect he had for Jesus. I'm not worthy for him to come. He is king of kings. He is Lord of lords. All I need is for him to give me a word. So if he didn't want Jesus to come, he just wanted Jesus to tell somebody he sent or somebody else he trusted what to tell him. And when Jesus heard about that when he got word that the centurion didn't want him to come he wasn't insulted notice what the text says I'm going back to the text as I close no this is amazing 
Notice what happened. When Jesus heard these things, he, I'm in verse 9, Luke 7 and 9, he marveled. Marvel means, in one sense, he was pleased. He was happy. You mean he said, I ain't got to come? He No, you ain't got to come. All he needs you to do is just speak the word. Man, that made Jesus happy. When Jesus see you're going through it, but you're but you're constantly saying, "Well, you know, God, I thank you for giving Pastor the word on. I I don't need to fear that that no matter what I go through, I'm coming. Lord, I thank you, and I know what I'm going through right now. This too shall pass." Now, if he heard what the centurion said, and if he is no respecter of person, what do you think is going to happen when you tell him words such as the centurions? You're going to please him. And say to your neighbor, when you please the Lord... He'll make your enemies your footstool. When you please the Lord, he will open doors, windows. Whatever done been shut, he'll make sure it's open for you when you please him. He was pleased. And notice as we continue. He was pleased. And turned around and said to the crowd that followed him. And the disciples were part of the crowd. Know what he says now. I say to you, I have not found. He had been looking for folk that had that type of faith. That's the reason John 4, 22 and following says, God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeks such to worship him. Jesus, Jesus had been looking for folk that would just take him at his word. Whether they were receiving it directly or indirectly. He just wanted folk that would take him at his word. With my stripes you heal. Just take him at his word. Give and it shall be given. How good measure. Press down. Shake together and running. Oh, just take me at my word. Whether I tell you directly or indirectly. And so. He looked at all of them. He said, I ain't found such great faith. This is this great faith right here. Can you imagine the, the, the disciples when, when Jesus said great faith, remembering when Jesus told them they were of little faith. Even on one occasion, Jesus had to, had to ask his disciples, where your faith? If Jesus was here in our day and time, he would have to ask some of the members of our church where your faith. 
he would have to point at some of the members of our church and say, you of little faith. And notice the text lets us know he, he said it to the ones that were following him. And, and he wasn't trying to insult anybody. But some of them had to take what he said as an insult. Even though he was just telling them the truth. But, but then notice what really hit home with the, with the disciples being Jews or Israelites. Notice, notice this. Uh, still in verse 9 of Luke 7. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him and turned around and said to the crowd that followed him, I say to you, I have not found such great faith. Then he says, not even in Israel. Peter, you don't have what this man. John, you're not there yet. Thomas, you know you're not there yet. Because they were Israelites. He was letting them know this is the type of faith I need you to have. Now this is where the meaning of Capernaum comes in to play. A place of repentance. Because the disciples, after hearing Jesus Say to them that the man had great faith and he had not seen it in Israel. It had to come to their mind. It's time to repent. We are not in a comfortable place. We must repent until we have this great faith. Jesus said, to us disciples that we just had little faith. And you remember he also said that he didn't see our faith. We got to repent. In Capernaum, place of repentance, and a word comes forth to the disciples that they need to repent. Is what God wants from his church who have stopped living by faith repent and get back to living the way I told you to live get back to thinking talking and acting the way I told you thereafter Jesus had to give a word to somebody to take back to the centurion. The conclusion of the matter with the centurion and his servant after Jesus sent the word because of the centurion's faith, his servant was healed. What caused it? His faith. Thank you for listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. 
please stop by our website for more information on our church at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Until next time, remember, Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly.